Namo namaha, everyone. I welcome all of you to the fifth episode of the Gita Podcast. In this episode, we will go over the fourth chapter of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. The fourth chapter is called Jnana Karma Sanyasa Krishna begins the fourth chapter by referring, He gave knowledge to Vivaswan. Vivaswan gave that knowledge to Manu. Manu gave that knowledge to Ishkavaku. He says all of this, he starts talking about the parampara, etc. And then Arjun has a question. Arjun says, how is that possible? You're very young. You're right now. How could have you given knowledge thousands of years ago? And then the Lord says that me and you have passed many lives. I, rem- I remember all of them. You do not. In verses 7 and 8, very important verses. Sri Krishna talks about the avatar, the manifestation of the Lord. And those two are the very important shlokas that we all know of. I believe B.R. Chopra back in 1980, some, sometime around then, released uh, the Mahabharat TV show. And in that, these two shlokas would have been chanted every single day. So everyone who watched it knew these two shlokas at least. And even if they never read the Gita, they had enough knowledge about the Gita just by watching that show, provided they connected with what the actors were saying. See, we incarnate on this earth based on our own karma, which is called Vyasti karma. And we also incarnate based on the karma of the world, Samasti karma. But the Lord doesn't incarnate on the basis of his own karma because he has none. He incarnates on the basis of the world's karma, samasti karma. Evil actions and then Brahmins, saints, everyone worshipping the Lord, invoking him to come down here, makes the Lord want to come. He then talks about in the 7th and the 8th shloka that he incarnates to protect dharma, to establish dharma. And he says that he initiated the Vedic traditions. He started everything. But remember, I have said this before and I, and I will say, say it again. Krishna, when he's speaking in the Gita, is speaking in the form of Parabrahm, the ultimate form of the Lord, not Krishna. Krishna is God, yes. He is an incarnation of God, everything. But in the Gita, he's talking as Bhagavan, as the ultimate Lord. That's why it says, Shri Bhagavan Vacha. I use the example of Anugita in my previous, or I think a podcast before that, where I said in the Anugita, Sri Krishna, when he's speaking, it says, Vasudeva Vacha, not Bhagavan Vacha. Just for the reason that in the Gita, Krishna embodies the ultimate Lord. Continuing, from the 9 to the 15th verse, the Lord talks about his true nature, but the Lord seems to be active he is free from all activities understand that even even the lord seems to be active he seems to do actions and everything but he is way far from all of that and that is something we have to learn that is something we have to strive towards to become free from all of the actions that we do we are doing something but to get rid of the thought of it karta and akarta Karta, I am doing it. Akarta is the one who is not doing it, but he is doing it at the same time. 
but he himself is just away from all of that. In the Gita, it talks about akarta and abhokta as well. The one who recognizes the nature of the Lord also becomes liberated. So remember, we have to recognize the nature of the Lord. He becomes free from actions and their results. And this shows that the true nature of the Lord and the Jeev is one. And it's the same. The Upanishads say, Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya Jeevo Brahmevanaparaha that this world is false. The ultimate Lord is the truth. The soul and the jiva are no different. But there are a lot of philosophies now which claim that they talk, they speak about duality. And I won't put my views on duality right now. I will talk about it in a different video. They talk about duality, how... The soul is different and God is different. But Krishna himself, the Lord himself, says they're, they're the same. But see, what happens is that in this world of human beings, men seeking the fruits of their activities worship the gods for success. They don't worship just for fun or out of devotion. They want something to come out of it. And that isn't right. You should not go towards the fruit. See, some people manage... To become one with the Lord by freeing the mind from attachment, hatred and fear. By surrendering to the Lord and finally gaining self-knowledge. See, the Lord gives whatever the devotee seeks. We just have to have the right intention. We don't have that. We want, we want some outcomes that can benefit us. I know so many people who just talk. They don't act what they say. They will talk because a lot of people will praise them that, oh my God, you're so knowledgeable, you're this, you're that. Wow. Just to hear a couple of praises, they do this, but there is no need. A lot of people will have zero knowledge and all they will have, the knowledge is of what they've heard from others and they will just change the words and say in their own, own way, own tone, and then give it to others. Now, continuing on with the Gita, from the 16th verse to the 25th verse, he talks about action and inaction. He says, a wise man as one who sees actionless of the self, essentially, amidst the activities of the body. The self is the soul. The 16th shloka says, what is action? What is inaction? Even men of intelligence are puzzled over this question. Therefore, I shall expound, the, expound to you the truth about action, knowing which you will be freed from, this, from its evil effects. You'll be freed from the shackles of karma. The truth about action must be known, and the truth of inaction also must be known. Even so, the truth about prohibited action, which is vikarma, actions you shouldn't do, must be known. Because action itself is mysterious. He who sees an action in action and action in inaction is wise among men. That's said in the 18th shloka. He is a true yogi who has performed all actions. First, we have to get the thought of karta out of our minds. We aren't the one doing this. We aren't the one moving. God is moving us. We're just a puppet. Now I'm doing a literal translation for all of you. I got a message on Anchor about 
two days ago where someone had said that if um, I could do more literal translations so that they couldn't get a sense of where and what I'm talking about, although I do tell you which look I'm referring to sometimes. But I'll do a literal translation then expand on it. The 19th shlok. Even the wise call him a sage whose undertakings are all free from desired and sankalpa. Thoughts of the world. Okay. And whose actions are burned up by the fire of wisdom. See, wisdom isn't becoming knowledgeable. There's a very, very, very clear difference. But we will talk about that some other time. Now he who, having totally given up attachment to actions and their fruit, no longer depend on anything in the world, and is ever content, does nothing at all, though fully engaged in action. You have to get to the stage of being free, where even when you're doing something, you're focused on that, but you, you aren't doing it. Your body is doing it. Your soul is in a state of soham. Now, continuing the 21st verse, this type of mind and body and having given up all objects of enjoyment free from craving, he who, per he who performs sheer bodily action does not incur sin. The karma yogi who is content with whatever he got is free from jealous jealousy and has transcendented all pairs of opposites like joy and grief and is equipped in success and failure is not bounded by action that is very important we have to become free from everything and that can only happen once we get rid of avidya avidya is a very big thing Remember, reading the Gita should not give you a, should not give you ego, should not give you this false, this false, you know, hope that you have knowledge. No, you will not attain a single droplet of knowledge in the sense it's said right now. You will attain knowledge for your soul, but once that knowledge comes into, once that knowledge knowledge enters your mind, that will all go away. Remember. The Gita is food for the soul. We have to take it to that point. Continuing. See, all his actions get dissolved entirely. Who is free from attachment and has no identification with the body and is free from the fleeing mindness, the thought of that I am doing this because of me this is happening, because of me that person is famous, because of me he knows everything. That thought should go away whose mind is established in the knowledge of the self and who works merely for the sake of sacrifice. Sacrifice here is devotional service. See, whether this body is active or not, he is, he is not affected. He is, he is sufficient with his own self. He is content, independent. He is everything. He is free from desires. His actions are meant for the worship of the Lord which will uplift humanity. Remember, it doesn't matter if you're working in a 9-to-5 job. Our goal is to give something back to the society, 
to give something back to the community you live in. And that should be the goal because by giving back, we're doing action which is offered to the Lord. See, now the Lord from the 25th to the 34th talks a lot about the superiority of knowledge over all other sadhanas, all other types of devotions. Now, the way of getting that knowledge is very different. Various sadhanas are compared to yagnas here, okay? And they are Brahma yagna, then Deva yagna, then Vishaya Bhoga yagna, Dhamma yagna, Sama yagna, and after Sama yagna, we have uh, Prana yama yagna. All types of sadhanas lead one to liberation by preparing by preparing the mind, but being but being the direct means to liberation is the Brahma Yagna, which is superior to all of them, as mentioned in the 33rd shlok. To get this knowledge, one should approach a guru who is established in this truth. One should approach a guru who is established in this truth. And I'll say it one more time. One should approach a guru who is established in this truth. The reason I... I'm saying this three times. One should not attain knowledge just by reading. One has to spend time serving the Guru at the feet of the Lord. Because the Guru is your gateway into the Lord. For Arjun, that Guru was Krishna. Who is your Guru? First, find that Guru. And let me be clear with one thing. A Guru is someone who gives you one-on-one -on -one attention. One-on-one. -on -one, preaches very specific to you. He is not one who sits on a podium speaking to thousands of people. He can be a guru. There's no doubt about that, yes. But for you, you have to make a personal connection with the guru who knows you well. Because someone on a podium does not know you well. You may feel connected to them, but they might not know you well enough to preach to you, to preach what is better for you. Now, the guru should be Someone who is tattva-darshi, who is established within the truth. A teacher must be approached with humanity, faith, and should be asked for this knowledge. And then the Guru instructs you based on the scriptures. There's no other way you will attain knowledge. A lot of people ask, what's the need of a Guru? I can just read the scripture by myself. I'm, the, I'm reading the Gita by myself, by myself, right? That's not right. You shouldn't read the Gita by yourself, one. You should at least get it Guru Mukhi, said by the Guru once, and then enter into it. But looking at how time and a lot of things have made scriptures, they've made it all just look like a book. Let's bind it. Oh, it's a book. Let me read it. Oh, I like it. Oh, I don't like this one that much. That's all that's happening. The concept of the Guru is gone. We... Our, we ourselves are thinking that we are a guru. I've been lucky enough to have spent time with my guru and to learn. Remember one thing, I'm not recording this podcast just because it's quarantine. Quarantine is giving me a chance to record it. That's the truth. I've been, prepar I've been preparing to record the Gita podcast for a year. I started the Sanatan Sutra project in 2017. And at that time, I wrote a small book on bhakti, more so devotion towards Krishna. After that, a year later, 2018, 
I started understanding the Brahma Sutras. And after that, I was exposed to the six darshans, which I understood. And all of this happened underneath my guru. Then 2019 comes, I start writing about the Gita. Writing my views, my thoughts, etc. Which I'm sharing to you through this podcast. So guru is very, very much needed. Without a guru, any single, any knowledge you attain is worthless. But going back to my point, a lot of people might not like this point, but I frankly do not care. Now, from the 35th to the 37th verse, Sri Krishna talks about the benefit of this knowledge, right? The benefit of gaining knowledge. Gaining the, gaining the knowledge, one will not get into delusion. See, gaining knowledge alone leads us to delusion, leads us to the thought that I am doing all of this. But once you get knowledge from a guru, that goes away. He says, it is, it is said, for he sees everything in the Lord as well as him. He recognizes his identity with the Lord, as it said in the 35th. By this boat of knowledge, one crosses over the ocean of sin, however vast it may be. 36. Like a blazing fire, this is known to reduce ashes of all the karma that we have. 37. Hence, knowledge is the greatest purifier. All sadhanas can be produced, can be produced to make you have a lot of punya, virtue, which itself is a type of bond. In the Vishnu Sahasranam, Yudhishthira asked Bhishma, What should I chant to remove this bond? Janma Sansara Bandhanat. Bhishma said, Jagat Prabhu Deva Devam Anantam Purushottamam. We will actually go over the Vishnu Sahasranam as well. I wrote, those names aren't just praises of the Lord. They have a lot of deep meaning, meaning behind it. Continuing. Uh, <laughs> that seeker who has purified the mind will soon attain knowledge by by the teaching of the Guru. In the concluding verses, which are 38 to the 42nd, Sri Krishna talks about the qualifications and the disqualifications with regard, re, with regard to the self-knowledge. One who has faith in the Guru and the scriptures, the Shastras, have sense control and is sincere for the, for the desire of knowledge will gain the knowledge. On the other hand, one who is arrogant, faithless, doubting, is doomed. He cannot enjoy anything. Therefore, Arjun, eliminate all your doubts regarding the validity of these spiritual pursuits and resort to a karma yogi. Sri Krishna tells Arjun to do karma, karma and karma. Karmas do not blind one who is established in the doubtless knowledge of the self. 41. This is this is free. This is freedom through knowledge in spite of action. Hence, jnana karma sannyasa. And this is, this is where we end the fourth chapter. The I should go away. We live in a world where we say a lot of I, I, I. Even in this podcast, I have said many I's. But we should get rid of that. We aren't the ones that are doing this. It is the Almighty Lord who is. We're just a machine. Remember that. We are nothing.
A lot of people use spirituality as a way to gain fame, as a way to have their views heard, have them heard amongst hundreds and get praised. If you honestly want all of that, please leave spirituality alone. Do something else if you want to get praised. And then the next episode we talk, it'll be on Sannyasa Yoga, which is chapter 5. But I think before that, I will talk about a bit more on knowledge, a bit more on this I. With that, I rest my words. Namo Namaha. See you all next time.